at 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter number 5. I know we're kind of going about it backwards. I already had messages on the fruit of the Spirit and some other things related to that, but um, I just believe the Lord is leading us to look into some more of what the Bible says regarding the Holy Spirit and his ministry. And hopefully in these last days, God will see fit to do some works um, I know he's working in some parts of the world, but it seems like, and I'm thankful that Joshua picked that hymn, because that last verse is a good reminder, at least in our country, it seems like everything's going the other direction these days, but God is working out his plan. And, and anyway, 1 John chapter 5, and just like to read three verses, starting in verse 6, and this is what God's word says. This is he, and of course he is Jesus that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for this passage of scripture. Realize that for decades now that this passage has been under attack, and uh, many claim that it shouldn't even, should not be in the Bible. Uh, Father, I just think that that is, that is an error. That's, a, that's an attempt to uh, undermine and water down one of the clearest scripture verses that talk about the three in one. Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And I just pray that as we look through some scriptures tonight, uh, Lord, that our, that our faith and our resolve would be strengthened, and we certainly do need a working of the Holy Spirit of God, for without Him, nothing will be accomplished of any eternal value. And so help us to remember that, and help us to do what Thou would have us to do, and then to truly leave the results with thee. And so, Father, help us tonight. Again, we pray for churches in this country and around the world who are having or have already had their evening services and pray that it uh, would be a, a continuation of a great day of victory for the cause of Christ. We praise thee, Lord, for thy goodness. And certainly, as we sang earlier, uh, we praise thee for the triune God. And so help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, here in, in 1 John chapter 5, and if you have a Bible that has notes, I don't want to cause any grief or anything, but most Bibles with notes say that f verse 7 should not be in the Bible. And that plays right along with Jehovah's Witnesses and the cultists who deny uh, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's been an attack ever since the scriptures um, were given. In fact, I know of only one, there's probably others, I know, I, I know of one Bible, I have a Henry Morris study Bible, and in, in his notes he claims, you know, he supports the verse. It doesn't really matter, I mean, I'm glad that he does, it doesn't matter who supports it or who denies it, but God's word is still the truth. And um, I've actually been questioned by pastors, um, do you ever use 1 John 5, 7, and if you do, why? That shouldn't be in there. 
Again, that's a whole other subject, and I'm not stupid, or I mean, I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough to, to decide what should be in the Bible and what shouldn't be. Um, and I, was, I remember years ago talking with a Jehovah's Witness, and they pointed out to me that they will accept any version of the Bible except the King James. I said, well, why is that? I knew the answer already, but, well, because there's verses in the King James that support that Jesus is God, and we don't believe that, so we don't like the King James. They, they like everything else. They like every other one. That, that should tell you something. In fact, years ago, um, I wrote a letter to the daily, our daily bread, we're talking, wow, 30-some years ago because they switched from the King James to the New King James. And so I just wrote about that. And I mentioned in my letter that the comment, because Joe Witness had just made that comment to me just in, the, in that day. And so I wrote, and I got an answer. They were nice about it, but they just said, you know, that, um, by the way, I was 28 years old. I remember that. And they wrote back to me and said, yeah, we know that some of our older readers like the King James, and they're disappointed that we changed, but, we, but the majority of our readers are okay with it, blah, blah, blah. And so they said, we found the comment about Jehovah's Witnesses interesting, but, you know, scholarship and all that sort of thing. But anyway, so we're going to keep it. All right, I hope you will too. I hope you haven't cut it out or torn it out or anything. I heard a story about a pastor who went to visit a fellow in the hospital, an older gentleman who'd been a Christian for years, and he was very sick, and it was obvious he wasn't going to be around much longer and so the pastor said you know I forgot my Bible and that happens he said could I I'd like to read something can I read yours and he gave him his Bible and there was like three quarters of it missing and the pastor said what's all this about he said well every time you preached that a verse shouldn't be in the Bible I took it out so this is all I got left and that's a sad thing you know, we kind of chuckle about that but that's an awful thing uh, to tamper with the word of God. In fact, the revelation ends with a warning to those who will add to or take away from the scripture. So anyway, having said all that, uh, we're going to begin this some messages on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And we emphasize person because there are the, again, Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons also deny the personality of the Holy Spirit. They teach that the Spirit of God is a force or an influence. That's what the Mormons teach. And I've, Jehovah's Witnesses actually teach that the Watchtower Society fulfills the role of the Holy Spirit. They guide. All right. So there's a lot of, and then you have all the different different views on the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, what does the Word of God say? And we certainly need to know more about Him, and we need to. And also, we need his ministry. That is for sure. And so I hope that we will have it. I'm praying already that God will use these messages to accomplish much in us and through us. And again, that hymn, channels only. God can use us if we're willing to be used. And so I pray that he will. And of course, he uses us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So three things tonight about this passage, uh, one for each verse. First of all, in verse 6, we see the Son and the Spirit. All right? It talks about the Son, and S-O-N, and it talks about the Spirit. Obviously, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he worked, and he taught, and he preached with the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? As a man, uh, perfect man, sinless man, and yet he still needed of the power of the, soul, of the Spirit of God. And the Bible makes that very clear. We'll look at some of those passages, probably uh, a message or so um, down the road. And of course, this is 
this John wrote the Gospel of John, and of the four Gospels, the Gospel of John has more to say about the Holy Spirit than, than, the, than the rest of them. Um, at least it has some very, very clear and important teaching on the Holy Spirit. And we'll, we'll see some of those as we go on. So here, notice what it says about the Son. This is he. All right, verse 5, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he. So he refers to Jesus, the Son of God. All right. This is he that came. Talking about his coming into the world and, and how he presented himself to the world and, and, and his ministry as the Messiah. Notice it says about him, this is he that came by water and blood even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And so it's talking here about two key things, key events in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so water here is talking about Christ's baptism, which set him apart for his earthly mission and ministry. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 3. Um, and just remind, remind ourselves of what took place there. And, and as John the Baptist was going about his ministry, and his ministry, of course, involved preaching and baptizing. All right, Matthew chapter 3, very familiar scripture. Uh, verse 13, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. So the Lord made the journey from Galilee down to Jordan. And... Um, to be baptized of him, but John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. Jesus answering, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he suffered him. And really, what's I believe what First John 5 is talking about, coming by water, is especially referring to verses 16 and 17. What happened after Jesus was baptized? And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. So in order to come out of the water, he had to go into the water, obviously. And so when he came up, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him, landing, sitting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So at his baptism, it was testified that he was the Son of God. And it set him apart for his earthly ministry and mission. It's obvious. It's, it's, it's significant, rather, that the Lord did did not do any public ministry until after he was baptized. It had to be done. That was he said to fulfill all righteousness, but to an act of setting him apart, witnessing from from the voice of his Father concerning him. So he came by water. All right. And then, secondly, it says he came by blood in 1 John uh, chapter 5 and verse 6. And that is referring to the, his, his uh, shed blood on the cross, his atoning work. And so that was God's witness to the world of his son's ministry and death um, for mankind, for the sins of the world. And then the Bible says in the book of Acts that he, there, he bore witness in that he, wrote, he raised him from the dead. Right? 
So this is how Christ came, by water. Not by water only, but by water and blood. Okay? And of course the blood of Jesus Christ given as a ransom, as a payment for our sins. In fact, the same writer, John, in Revelation, talks about Jesus who washed us from our sins in his own blood. All right, the, the, the blood atonement, very, very, absolutely essential for our salvation. And then, and it is the Spirit, 1 John 5, 6, it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. And so, that beareth witness is the idea that he gives testimony of the things of Christ, bringing people to the realization of their need of salvation. And again, it has to be done. All right, and, and so, and we, as we know, we, we said many times that the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to accomplish His work. And so let's go back to one passage in John, John chapter 16. Um, John chapter 16, and look at the, an aspect of the, of the witness bearing that John writes about in 1 John 5, and which Christ prophesied about in John 16. And sometimes, you know, we wonder in our lives personally, how can this be how can this be for my good? Alright? Well the disciples had that same question in John chapter 16. Let's um verse 5, let's start there. John chapter 16, verse 5. Jesus said to the, he's talking to his disciples here. This is kind of a private meeting um, just before he's arrested, in fact. He says this, but now I go my way. In other words, I'm going, my, it's time for me to go back to him that sent me. Now they, 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 they had that down. They, the idea that God sent him, they knew that. They were convinced of that. But this part about going back, that was the part that they didn't get. And none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? All right, they, would, they didn't ask. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Again, they didn't understand what was going to happen, but all they, they understood him saying, I'm going back, I'm leaving, I'm going back to heaven. And their hearts were filled with sorrow. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. They didn't see it then, but they would see it later. It is expedient for you that I go away. Expedient simply means it's advantageous. It's better. And they couldn't get that. How? How can it possibly, how can it be better for us if you're going away? Well, here's what he says. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter, that is the one called alongside to help, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, and of course he came on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, empowering them to begin the work. But here, um, in fact, in John 14, 15, and 16, the Lord Jesus Christ taught them about several aspects of the Holy Spirit's ministry, which we will look at. But here is one of the most important ministries of the Holy Spirit. He says, when he is come, notice he, not it, when he is come, he will reprove the world, that is the word reprove there means to find fault or means to convict. 
or even to convince the world, all right, the world, all right, the ungodly, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin, because they believe not on me. So the Spirit of God will work to convict the world of their sin, of not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, and of the fact that they're sinners, and they need to be saved, and that Christ is the only Savior of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. That is the righteousness of Christ and of God that can be imputed to the believer by faith and then of judgment. So the Spirit of God will also convict the world of judgment to come because the prince of this world is judged. The prince of this world is the devil. Right? He talks about that later on. The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. So he's talking about Satan there. I know I've read, and I just um, commended Dr. Morris for his Bible, the Henry Morris Study Bible. In one of his writings, he, he claims that the judge or the prince or the prince of this world is Jesus. And I don't know how he did that. He made that's a mistake somehow. I don't know how he did that. But Jesus made it very clear that the prince of the world is the devil, and he's also the god of this world. So anyway, everybody, know, every man is fallible, all right? I've, I know I've said things wrong over the years, too. But anyway, so because the prince of this world is judged. Remember when Paul went before Felix, it says Felix trembled. When Paul, when Paul reasoned him of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. Exactly what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would minister. And so if, because... The Holy Spirit ministers through the Word of God. We also have to present sin, righteousness, and judgment. When we, when we deal with people, so the Holy Spirit can take that Word and use it um, to convict. All right, let's go back to 1 John chapter 5. And so the Spirit of God bears witness. And the devil knows how powerful... The Holy Spirit is, the devil knows how powerful the gospel is, how, po how powerful the word of God is. And so he tries, however way he can, to keep people from hearing and responding to the word of God. And in 2 Corinthians it says he blinds the minds of those that believe not. In the parable of the sower, Matthew 13, Jesus said he will take out of their heart, when, when someone hears the word of God, the devil tries to come and take it out of their heart and mind cause them to forget it and and not believe in it. And so there's that, that battle going on. But if, but Christ is the greater he that's in you than he that's in the world, the Bible says. Now one more thing about in verse 6, it says, and it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. He's real, he's genuine, he's truth. In fact, at some point, we'll look at the passage in John where Jesus Christ refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth. So the Spirit of God will always lead us into the truth, guide us into the truth. He will never, ever, ever work independently of or contrary to God's Word. So if somebody says that the Holy Spirit is leading them in a certain direction, or path, and it's contrary, or doctrine, and it's contrary to the scriptures, we know that it's not the leading of the Spirit of God. In fact, um, the scripture cannot be broken, Jesus said. And this, so the Holy Spirit, there's that 
And we're going to see more about the harmony here in just a moment. All right, let's take a look. Secondly, the triune God, verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Now, he starts off with heaven because heaven is the source of all things, right? In familiar verse of scripture, talking about the scriptures, Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. All right? So it's been there for eternity in its entirety, and it's settled, it's established, it's fixed. And so though that heavenly word that is being, has been brought down to earth, is what he's saying here, there are three that bear record in heaven, especially now after Jesus has gone back to heaven, right? Three that bear record in heaven. The Father. This, of course, refers to God the Father. And in the New Testament, in particular, one that refers to God, if the text is not talking about the Godhead, then usually when we see God, it's referring to God the Father. And sometimes he is called the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he is known, he's recognized here as the Father, and there's a lot about that. When we are saved, when we get saved, God becomes our Heavenly Father, right? And that speaks of authority, all right? In fact, we can break down the three parts of the Godhead this way. We're going to go through one at a time. Um, the Father's power is the administrative power, or the power to originate. Um, I don't know if I have one. I, sometimes I, I carry tracks. I have one. One of my favorite ones is God's simple plan of salvation. Well, that's God the Father. God insti- originated, instituted the plan of salvation. Everything, the creation, everything. God is the one who administered that. He is the originator. He's the planner, so to speak, of everything. Then it says, secondly, the word. The word is one of the official titles of Jesus Christ. As, you've heard this, I hope, the visible manifestation of the invisible God. He is the word. The word there is logos, which means an expression, a thought, a representation. Okay? And again, we have words. We use words. I'm on our, on our Bible page. There is words. What if we had to draw pictures of it whenever, when, when you wanted to convey a thought? That would be weird. That would be difficult. You know, um, instead of writing the word cup, you draw a cup. Right, instead of writing B-O-O-K, you put one of these. You have a book. You have to draw that. And so words are very important. And Jesus Christ is the word. He is the, the one who represents God. Um, so, he, his, is executive power. The power to carry out the Father's will. All right. Now let's take a look at um, two scriptures, one regarding the Father, one regarding the Son. There's many we could use, but James chapter 1, let's see what this says about the Father. Just one aspect of, of the Father's power and realm of operation, um, James chapter 1 and verse 17. A lot of times this is a wedding verse. 
it, it, it applies. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, you know, the originator of light, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So there's an, just a, an idea of the Father. Every, all things come from him. Every good thing is from him. And so is judgment, so on by the way. All right. Um, let's turn to John 5, the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Here's just one aspect. John 5, concerning the Son. See that things originate with the Father. Um, let's go to verse 19, John 5, 19. Just a number of things here that it says originate with the Father and are passed down or committed to the Son who to carry out. Right? Then answered Jesus, John 5, 19, and said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. That is, the Son on earth. Because again, he's under the, the authority of the Father. But what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that, they, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Again, see, he works in coordination and subordination to the Father. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Okay? So Jesus actually judges. Think with me for just a second. Think about three judgments that the New Testament talks about. The f in order of, of happening at the rapture, the judgment seat of Christ, when we will receive reward for service. Who's there? Jesus is the one who, who oversees that judgment, right? When Jesus returns to earth to set up his kingdom, Matthew 25 talks about the judgment of the nations. All right? Who actually does the judging? Said he, when, when the Son of Man has come in his glory with the holy angels, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. That is, the ones, people that live through the tribulation, and they're going to be judged as to whether or not they're going to enter the millennium. Okay? And who's the judge? The Lord Jesus. After the millennium, and after Satan's rebellion and so on, Revelation chapter 20 talks about the great white throne judgment. And that judgment is it's for the degrees of punishment in hell and also to convince all the ungodly that they're, they're getting exactly what they deserve because of their sins. Again, who is the judge? It is Jesus Christ, all right? And even in Revelation, he's the only one that could open the book. He's the only one word the books, you know, and, and there because he because of what he did, because of who he is and what he did. His death on the cross and all that qualifies him to to execute this judgment. All right. So we could talk about salvation a little bit. My favorite subject, because God originated the plan. The Bible says again, First John. God sent his, sent his Son into the world that we might live through him. See, God's plan. Jesus carried it out, all right? 
obviously the Father didn't die on the cross. The Son died on the cross. All right? Creation also, it says that in Hebrews, talking about God, by whom also he made the world. So the Son was involved, Son of God, in creation. All right, then the third is the Holy Ghost. Right? The Holy Ghost. That, that, that is the official title of the third person of the Godhead, also known as the Holy Spirit. But more often, he's, he's referred to as the Holy Ghost in his, that's his official title. Um, holiness, power, and truth are three main qualities of the Holy Spirit. I mean, obviously, the fact that holy is in his title, he's holy. The Father is holy, the Son is holy, the Spirit is holy. Um, so, the power of the Holy Spirit could be called the energizing power. He is the one who gives power. Um, we already read in John 16, it's the Holy Spirit who takes the gospel and convicts people of their need of the Savior. All right? It is the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Acts 1. One among the most familiar verses in the Bible. So energizing power is the power of the Holy Spirit. Very interesting mystery that he is the one who gave power to Jesus on the earth. And Acts talks about that quite a bit. That he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power to do his ministry. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Right? So the energy, as it were, and we, I, I can use that term energy because oftentimes in the New Testament there's a word translated work or working, which is the Greek word is where we get our English word energy, right? And so that's why we say the Holy Spirit has the has the energizing power, all right? Okay. Um, let's go back to First John because take a look at some things here. We're talking about the Triune God. The Father is known as God, the Son is known as God, or the Word, and the Holy Ghost is known as God. All right. As the God directs, we'll look at more of the scriptures that, that bring forth these things. So, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7 closes with these words, and these three are one. These three are one. And said before, our English word Trinity is two words, tri-unity, put together. Tri-unity, Trinity. Tri-unity. Um, I just jotted down some things here. These three are one, that is Father, Word, Holy Ghost. They're one in essence as God. They're one in nature. They're God. Um, they're one in purpose. They're one in power. They're one in unity. Okay? Always to get, always working together, never at odds. There's no power struggle within the Trinity, the Godhead. Although there is a an order of authority, um, Father, the Son, and 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 on earth, 
Um, Jesus Christ was always in submission to the Father. He talks about that. I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me, the will of the Father. Okay? The Holy Spirit is in subjection to the Father and the Son. All right? um, even that song we sang at the very beginning, let me go back to it. Um, praise ye the triune God. Um, praise ye the Spirit. Comfort of Israel, sent of the Father and the Son. And that's Kurt, that's right on target, biblically. Uh, because the Father and the Son both sent the Spirit. I will send him. I will send you another comforter. He will come from the Father. Jesus said that in the Gospel of John. All right? And so um, they're one. They're one. Then let's take a look at one last thing, the witness on earth. Verse 8, And the, there are three that bear witness in earth. We kind of, we already, John sort of set this, already applied this to the coming of Christ, his first coming. He came by water. He was, he was recognized at his baptism, testified of, and then of course the blood. Um, when, when we think of our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the first things always comes to our mind is what? His work on the cross. You know? And uh, that's what he's known for. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so John talks about that in verse 6, and now he talks about it again. In verse 8, there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit. We talked about his ministry to, to reprove the world. Right? The Spirit of God takes the Word of God. Now again, we're going to see some more of these things more specifically as we go through. And the water, again, where, Christ, where God bear record of his son. There had to be people. Obviously, John was baptizing people, and there was a crowd there. And Jesus came up to him. And when he was baptized, he came out of the water, the voice from heaven. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And who was he saying that to? Right? testifying in earth, as it says in verse 8. He didn't testify to all the earth <laughs> at that time, but to the ones that were around, and he's still testifying through the scriptures. Okay? So we have, and um, I think about Peter, and um, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, when he, when he relayed his, their experience on the Mount of Transfiguration, and then when he saw it, it was real, and yet Peter said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. We have this. And this is, ju this is just as much the truth and God's word as when Jesus himself spoke the words on earth. All right? And we have that. Thank God for it. So the spirit and the water and the blood, Christ's atoning blood. And what did he say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What is the gospel? That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and I was buried, they rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And it says at the end of verse 8, these three agree in one. These three. There is perfect and permanent agreement, unity, and harmony within the Godhead. And then, as you add to that, the triune God and the written word of God are always in total agreement. And we... We know that. I mean, we know that theoretically, but the, you know, the danger comes in when we're, when we're tempted to go somewhere else, or, or I mean, you know, go some other direction, and uh, 
think that we're being led by the Spirit of God. All right, we have to make sure that we don't are, are not being led contrary to the Word of God. Many many people today claim the Holy Spirit and His power, and yet what they say and teach is foreign to the Word of God. And there, you know, Paul encountered people like that. Even in the first century, it was already there are people who are already perverting the gospel and even perverting the work of the Holy Spirit. And now you have people today who deny the, that there is a Holy Spirit, um, and others that talk, you know, try to, you know, get into the Pentecostalism and all those kinds of things. And so, uh, there's but there's perfect agreement in the Godhead, and we praise the Lord for that. So, one other thought is this, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all fear God, and together make up the Godhead. All right, not three gods, but one God in three persons. Um, Blessed Trinity, as the hymn writer expressed it so well, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Well, God is three in one, Man was creating God's image. Man is three-part. Spirit, soul, and body. Hang on. Jesus prayed in John 17 that we, his people, would be one even as we are one. He prayed to the Father that God, that the believers in Christ would be one also. One in purpose, one in unity, and so on. Just like they are. And then, here's what God's word says in Ephesians 4.3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Right? Keep the unity of the Spirit by being in agreement on the Word of God and allowing the Spirit of God to lead and to work. It's not trying to create unity. That's um, You still hear that. Um, our society, if they talk about religion at all, they say we are a pluralistic society which means all religions are equal, well, except for Christianity. That's, you know, that's, the, the, that's the bad one, but everybody else is great. And of course, the, that ecumenical thing has been going on for decades now, and the World Council of Churches, you, you know, for a few years ago, started inviting Muslims and different groups to come to the World Council of Churches, all right, because we want unity, all right, that's what they're saying, trying to create unity emphasize what we have in common <laughs> rather than what makes us, you know, makes us differ. That's, that's just crazy. I, I can't imagine having anything in common with a, with a Muslim. I mean, except the fact that they believe in one God, we believe in one God, but that's not even close. But see, so there's the true, the unity of the Spirit that the Spirit of God creates and, and brings forth and that we are to seek to do that. Um, in the bond of peace. And so we praise praise God uh, for the ministry of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, more in the, day, in the days to come, Lord willing. Um, if you have questions about the Holy Spirit, I'd, I'd be glad you write them down. I'd be glad to take them and maybe include, and, and definitely include them in a future message or study about the Spirit of God. All right, so that's it. So uh, let's follow the Lord, the Father, the Holy Spirit, as he leads through the word of God. And pray for his work um, in this day in which we live. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time we can have in the word of God. 
and we just want to give thanks for all that you have done for us and, and who you are and all the resources that thou hast made available to us in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Scriptures, which teach us all these things. And help us, O oh Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take a look, or let's take our hymn books, rather, and turn to number 187. And let's stand, please, um, and sing, Blessed be the tie that binds. And this hymn obviously speaks of the unity that exists, the common bond that we have in Christ. First time I heard this hymn, as a child, I saw these guys with ties on. I thought that's what the song was talking about. (laughs) But I soon learned differently. Okay. (laughs) And well, never mind. Blessed be the time. Now you're going to think about that every time, right? When we sing this hymn, my bad. <laughs> but let's sing all four precious verses. Blessed be the tie that binds. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayers, our fears, our hopes, our aims are one, our comforts and our cares we share our mutual woes our mutual burdens and often for each other flows Thus we sympathizing tear When we asunder part It gives us inward pain But we shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again. Amen. We'll meet together one day for sure. All right. Father in heaven, thanks once again for this time we could be here tonight and for the precious, precious word of God. And Lord, I pray that you would help us take the word of God with us. And even as the hymn writer put it, take the name of Jesus with you. And just Lord, help us to be mindful 
of whose we are and whom we serve. And may we be faithful, dear Lord, as we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ or for the summons to come home to heaven. And Lord, just commit all these things unto thee now, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.